This episode of the Elder Millennials podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but you can do it like we do and record in a different manner and upload it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more different avenues. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to The 685, an Elder Millennials podcast. This is a show that talks about professional wrestling from North America and all over the world. Your hosts are Josh and Matt. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this episode of The 685. Uh, This is an Elder Millennials podcast. My name is Josh. I am your host. I am joined by my good friend, Matt. How's it going, sir? Well, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. It's time to talk wrestling. So so, so happy it's Thursday, a.k.a. shit. Yep. Been, so, that's, been my, that's been my entire week, but you, yeah, you, this you, whole you this whole week, yeah, this whole week, what a fucking what a fucking like month this week has been. It's it's kind of weird because I think what is that? I'm looking at the calendar here. Today's we January. Are, oh, today's what? January 14th as we're recording, Dude. so this will come I, out I think Saturday. I thought it was uh, December 43rd of 2020. That's where we're currently sitting at. 40, um, 45, uh, December 45th. Yeah, December. I think it's like December forty fifth right now yeah, of yeah, twenty twenty yeah. still. But, yeah, uh, it, 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 this year is not going to be much different. But you know what? We're not here to talk about the world crumbling around us because we get enough of that on our day to day. And I there, I have my own opinions on it that I'm not going to share here. <clears throat> that's, that that'll be for our, our our special Patreon podcast for our Patreon backer. It's called uh, Josh loses his shit and. <laughs> Wait, wait, and wait. We did you canceled. did you start a Patreon and not te- and not tell me? Oh, hey, so uh, spoiler alert! I started a Patreon. I've been charging <laughs> people for this. I'm I'm like Earl Hebner selling merch at the back of my car outside of the uh, the side of the Oh lord! <laughs> now now people are gonna go look for it and like, what the hell? This thing doesn't exist. So now <laughs> I'm gonna change my name. So uh, my Twitter game. So after. You know, you know, the shit come around. So now I'm from Canada on Twitter. My character is now from Canada, so I'm now Sundia or Wayne Gretzky. And the only thing Sundere, I got from that Sundere. was was fucking you... uh, Lobo going, bruh. <laughs> right, good friend of the show, Mr. Flobo Voice. Uh, yeah. Always, always repping the brand. Um, you, you need to be less of a soon, more of a dead eh, Just to be honest. Okay, fair enough. Because. Uh, 2020 is so soon this year. It's got to be dead. Eh? We got to we got to bring back the love, man. Yeah. Uh, yes. spe- speaking of love, I love watching New Japan, and uh, I watched Wrestle Kingdom 15. I was wrong about the main event. And, and who was I'm just, right? I'm just I'm just going to start there and say I was wrong about the main event altogether. Right. Both matches, I was completely wrong. Okay, I get it. it feels good. I, I, it feels good. I, I, I buy into the Ibushi hype now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I I see why they're finally okay. I see why they're finally putting the belt on Ibushi. Uh, and then he goes after he's, he, he's okay at these wrestling grabs things. 
Well, I know he's a good wrestler. It just <laughs> I, I felt like he was always kind of lacking that champion decorum kind of thing. But then he does his post match talk after the first match. You know, get get gets props from Tetsuya Naito, which was a hell of a match. Oh yeah. Um, then he goes out and Jay White interrupts his celebration, says, "Hey, ha- have have fun being God for one night because I'm taking the belts tomorrow." Uh, then goes and sticks it to Jay White the next night. Uh, I recommend if you did not watch it, go watch the post match press conference with both Abushi and Jay White. Jay White, that that's ooh ooh, a boy got skill. Jay White uh, has gone from being a what, what? And I think I said this the last time. Jay White back. Think of think about the Jay White that fought. Tanahashi in Wrestle Kingdom, and now think about just Jay White. They would you indistinguishable from one another, right? He he comes in and after the defeat, you can tell he's he's done. He's like, I I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You're not talking to Jay White. Or you're not talking to the Switchblade. You're not talking to Jay. You're just talking to Jamie. Yeah, uh, just Jamie. It, it just like drops everything. Perfect, and then that starts everyone talking about talking about. Oh, is Jay White going to leave New Japan? Is Jay White going to come into WWE? After we just talked how that's a guy that doesn't need to be in WWE. I'd love to exactly. see him there. Don't, don't yeah. get me wrong. I pay to watch that guy fight every week, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think he would do his best work in WWE. Well, one, he would have to change his finisher because his finisher, the Blade Runner, is way too close to the sister Abigail. So you would already have that problem. Secondly, they would have to change his gimmick up because Knife Pervert doesn't really relate to... Knife Pervert doesn't translate to English. Yeah, yeah. English doesn't have Knife Pervert as something that you can really say out loud. So he would probably be like the Oxland psychopath Jason... Gray or uh, some, he, he, something he'd dumb. Go by, he'd go by Jay White still. It's, na- it's named notoriety. Is his is that his government name? Oh God, let me like, look it what up. What is government oh, name? While he's while he's looking that up, I just wanted to say Jay that Wh- Jay White is Jay. Okay, Jay White is Jay White. There you go. <laughs> there we go. So Jay and White, only, and he's only ever gone by Jay White. So how old is he? Jay White is twenty eight years old, born in nineteen ninety two. Oh, October, that hurts. I just felt a little bit more old just now, just like I felt like a dollar more old. That was weird. Um, yeah, well, you know, one of, one of us has a birthday coming up soon. He's going to be even older. That's yeah. Cute. Oh, <laughs> yikes. I'm going to be in my mid-30s, and that's... Uh, yeah, it's already over. It's already oh. over. Oh, it's all right. Shit. So, but um, I, I wanted to say I was really impressed by the Japanese crowd. That So the rules were that you could not make audible noise with your mouth. No hooping and hollering, no getting up, no chance, no nothing. Just claps that, and stomps. I was going to say, that's, that's Japan in general with wrestling. Yeah. They are such a different wrestling audience than the Americans. But they're still, they still make noise. They cheer. Oh, they they do that like especially for the entrances and stuff, and it was just such a different vibe and how well behaved the Japanese audience was. Imagine trying to do that shit in America. Imagine yeah. trying to do it in think of like the most classy city in America you could think of. I don't know what it would we, be. We, one, we don't have one of those. We don't have one. I can't even think of the most quote unquote well behaved. Like like you'd be saying like I, I don't even know. I couldn't even fathom. But like think you're going like the Staples Center or think you're going to Madison Square Garden and you tell everyone before it by the way, no cheering, just clapping and stomping. That shit would be out the well, window by like the it, first it's, time. It's a, it's a 
it's a very big cultural difference, but Japan also has the cultural difference of they wear masks yes. a lot. Yes. They wear masks during hay fever season and all that other stuff. So that of masks, right? So people, are, if you look looked at the audience, that the Tokyo Dome looked more full than normal. Everyone was spaced out though. Yeah. So I, I was cool with it. Like I really, really liked that. I'm I'm so glad that they were able to do it despite all of the craziness still going on. Um, yeah. But, and now afterward, they did say that they're not sure what's going to happen. They said we don't know when we're going to be back. They did New Year's Dash, and then that was it. They're not a hundred percent sure when they're going to be coming back, just because there is the new COVID spike over there and a new Japanese variant of COVID. So. Things are a little up in the air, especially now with the the Olympics looming, and we're not sure what they're going to do for that. Right. Yeah, I know they pushed the Olympics back a year, but who the hell knows if that's going to even be a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that sucks because now Japan has 2020 Olympic merch that they can't use. Mm-hmm. They have 2021 Olympic merch that they probably can't use. And then 22 was going to be uh, was going to be Winter Olympics. So that pushes everything back even further. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to suck. But yeah, especially for the Olympic athletes that reside from Russia, not the Russian Olympic team, but the Olympic athletes residing from Russia. (laughs) Right. Right. Let me, let me get a little further into our stuff to just kind of bring us back on course. So let you, you have the, the both match it both nights up. Other than the main event on both nights, which I think were fantastic, those were perfect matches. I could not have, I could have not watched anything better as far as a new Japan match is concerned. Yeah. Uh, what was your match? What was your match from night one? I actually want you to pick two. I want oh, you to okay. pick two from night one and I want to, and we're going to pick two from night two and I'm going to see if you and I agree. Okay. So starting with night one, my first match is, I mean, Obviously, it's going to be Ibushi and Naito. My second match, though, is going to be. I'm going to go with mm, this. I'm looking between the two, but I'm going to go with my second match is going to be Okada and Osprey. Okay. Only because it's interesting. I want. I love Okada's Okada's work. Yeah, and, and, and Okada's a standard bearer, and we've said that before. And no matter what where he is in the card, it feels like his match is still the main event. Right. It's a weird, like, he has this aura about him. Right, now, especially... Just, yeah, right, even even yeah. with without a belt. It's kind of weird seeing him walk into Tokyo Dome without a belt. It's very weird. Because it's the first time in, like, four years that's not been the case, you know? Yeah, and Will Ospreay, this was his first I'm going to say his first quote-unquote main event caliber feud match that he has. He is now the leader of his own faction. He right. has his beef with Okada, and he betrayed Okada and Chaos to say, I'm going to make my own team. I, it's very Yakuza. He said, I'm making my own family. I'm breaking off of this family. He, I'm he, make he's my own decided, family. I'm going to make my own family with blackjack and hookers. Yeah, like, so he has his girlfriend, the hooker, and he has this guy <laughs> with a thing over the face who plays blackjack, probably. Great poker face, Gray Ocon does. But oh, God. Osprey, he, he impressed me in the fact that he seems like he can rise to the occasion physically. But psychologically, he still doesn't seem to have it. But I will give him this. In, in, if you grade this match 
based on other Will Ospreay matches. Not this grading one, it this, off this, of... This one's, this one's better. Yes. This, this one's better. Higher so, trajectory. Right, so I, I have a thought of this. You and I actually talked about this match uh, about a week and a half ago. And I said, I'm still not necessarily a fan of Will Ospreay's, and even Okada couldn't make him have a match that completely flowed. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and that was kind of a shot across the bow. I said, but he has grown, and yes. he he will get better. He's got to just work on, and, and the, like I said, a little bit of a shot across the bow, but I have a kind of a but to go with it. I've noticed with Osprey and his work, it's spot, mess, spot, mess, spot. I I understand kind of the point. Because that's the type of person he is. He's a, you know, he's a, a junior heavyweight. He's, uh, he's used to doing those flying spots, high impact spots, things like that. But it seemed like his flow, his flow lacks, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you, it's you can the, see, you the, can see good psychology and storytelling right. in the spots. Right. And even though, even though I feel as though that match at 35 minutes, that match was like 10 minutes longer than it honestly really needed to be because there's some of that kind of dead space between good spots. Mm-hmm. He had some good spots and he had some good flow, but there were some of those dead spaces that just, they, they weren't great. Yeah. And I don't think it's a language barrier thing. I think it's a Will Ospreay still thinking he's better than he actually is kind of thing. And like I said, not really a shot, but kind of. Uh, it's it, also the fact that I think that story just didn't have a good enough build to it to tell me to make me believe that that Okada Okada I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give Okada a little bit of the blame in this one because if Okada was this butt hurt over it and offended he did not show it in this match to him it felt like it was just any other match right a main event match where he's the serious contender. And that's great, because Okada, nine times out of ten, you've seen him in a main event feud for a belt as a serious contender. Not something where it's a blood feud, but more like a matter of respect, and I'm taking this guy seriously. And he came into the ring with that same mindset, it felt like, his character. But this wasn't supposed to be a thing of respect. It was supposed to be like a, this guy stabbed me in the back, and now I'm out for blood. He didn't bring that mentality, which kind of made it seem that weird air that we're talking about. That's, I think, where it kind of falls into. Right, and I have to kind of put an addendum on what I said about Will Ospreay. This wasn't a crap on Osprey for us. Fest. I saw things better from him in this match. He yeah. still has work to do. He's still young. He's like, let me see. I, How old is Will Ospreay? Will, is he like Will, Ospreay, Will Ospreay is twenty seven. So Shit. he he has he has so much potential. It's a baby. Uh, Kazuchika Okada is thirty three. Okay. I know that because I'm the same age as Okada. Yeah. So that one that's an age I'll never forget. I'll never forget how old Kazuchika Okada is. There you go. Now I'll uh, say this for B Priestley. She she's twenty four. She's is, she's also very young. She's uh. And, and I'm not going to speak on her ring work because I have not watched a B Priestley match recently. Right. But what I'm going to say is as a manager ringside, she wasn't – I was going to assume it was going to be a like just a fuck fest, the whole thing, of her getting involved and just very like bullet club level shenanigans. I was like, oh, this is going to suck. But she actually stayed very well put in the match where she was supporting her boyfriend. I, I Yeah, not – I almost said husband, but I don't yeah. think they're married. Boy, boyfriend. So supporting her boyfriend, supporting the team, and being there 
as a female wrestler on Wrestle Kingdom, that's yeah. a big thing. That's that because especially for the fact that not a lot of people got to get people ringside with them due to the COVID regulation. So having him being able to bring her out and be there prominently, any basically any female except Peter at this point, uh, being able to come out and and have that FaceTime and get some physicality in the ring in a Japanese co-main event of night one here uh, was was a pretty big moment for her that she could take back to stardom. And say, like, look, I was on the big screen. I can make that into storylines and shit, too, and bring some more eyes to their product. Right. And I think uh, with with having uh, having the, the, you know, the, the, the stardom matches on the night two of Wrestle Kingdom as well. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's going to continue to push these two brands together. Yeah. For better. And next year, next year they're going to have it televised, actual stardom match next year, guaranteed. Count it, write me down. Okay. If if it does not happen, if it doesn't happen at all, I will eat a ham and cheese sandwich. On so live there stream. you go. We'll, live, we'll live stream it. We'll figure we'll it out. Live stream eating a ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do, while, we'll, do, while we'll do a live podcast. Iwatani's theme on repeat. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll do a live podcast and he can eat a sandwich while we're doing it. Yeah. That. Uh-oh. It ain't gonna happen because it's gonna be true. Okay. Facts. So, kind of, I, I kind of don't want to dance around this too much more. I think I think that match put some good potential on on Osprey. I think Osprey has a very bright future, especially because he's young. And if he continues to work with a, guys the caliber of Okada, he could be another one of those guys that eventually gets to the top of the mountain in New Japan. Yeah, you know? it's very much like uh, like Kota Ibushi. He was a spot monkey. Until he learned ring psychology, right, right, yeah, it's that's a good that's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. So my match, my other match, you know, I I said besides the main event, let's pick two. Okay. So my match uh, would have been the uh, Gorillas of Destiny, whose song is a total total banger. I said Legit it, shit banger. I uh, uh, I have decided, Matt, when you and I go heel on everyone, that's that's our theme. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the Gorillas of Destiny defeating the Dangerous Techers. Damn, that was a good match. Just Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, because they're, because they're, they're blood, you know, they're cousins. They, they just, like, they understand each other on a level that's really hard to pick out. And, and this isn't, and this isn't a shot at Taichi or Zack Sabre Jr. They're a damn good tag team, too. There's a reason why they won the, bel- the belts in the first place. Um, Gorillas of Destiny, just, they're on a level where you don't see tag teams very often. Yeah. I would put, I would put the, uh, the former War Machine, the, the now Viking Raiders in WWE on that level. I'd put the Undisputed Era on that level. Mm-hmm. I'd put, uh, I'd put the Good Brothers on that level. I'd put the Young Bucks on that level. And, and yes, I said nothing, something nice about, uh, about, yeah. uh, the Young Bucks. Young Bucks. Put that on the calendar. The day Josh said something nice about the Young Bucks. The the Young Bucks, and I've said it before. They, when they aren't being spot monkeys, they're really good. They're really really good. I just want to see more of them being really good and not just spot fest. Yeah. 
Uh, if you want to see, good, if you want to see, like as a side note, if you want to see a really good uh, Young Bucks Bucks match where it was all about ring psychology and not being spotty, it had spots, but it was all about ring psychology. It was the New Japan show in Long Beach where it was them versus the Golden Lovers, where Matt Jackson had a busted back and they used that as the story piece for the whole time. And I'm like, holy crap, these guys can put a story together. It worked. Right. It was fucking exactly. great. And, and, that, and that's a perfect example. Um, but yeah. I, I like the D- Dangerous Techers. I thought that for a very mishmash team of people that were the complete opposite of the Grills of Destiny, they didn't seem like they would have any chemistry together. They looked like two complete opposites. Uh, Aline, when, when, when Tai Chi came out, you could hear, uh, uh, the joy in her voice to see that, holy shit, this Final Fantasy villain is a character in this wrestling show. Yep. That's what he looks like. And, it, it was hilarious to see their um, Tai Chi and Saber's banter, especially Saber, because Saber's very talkative, and they were so quiet, you could hear every word he said. And it was great when he was like, Tai Chi, Tai Chi, get out of here, it's the fucking Tokyo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> Line of the night right there. Yeah. He's like, come yes. on, it's the fucking C-S-J. Tokyo Dome. <laughs> Uh, Zach, Zach, Zach Saber Jr. is always entertaining to watch. Always. Yeah. Um, I, I had to throw one other tag team in here because I didn't mention them. Uh, my my favorite team and yours, the Lucha Brothers. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Penta Settle M and uh, Ray Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely a top team. Top, top team, yes. Top, top guys. guys, top guys. If we say that, I'm also going to say FTR. Top and, guys. and FTR. Yeah, but, you know, these are all good tag teams. And these two tag teams, I throw them both in the same conversation. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think the, the, the dangerous techers, I think they have a good future. I don't know what it holds for them, but yeah, I don't know. How damn, much I want, I want to see them go against God again. Yeah. I was, I was kind of surprised that it didn't get like a media rematch at new year's dash, but again, they don't really do that type of thing. They, they let those feuds breathe. It's not like WWE where they repeat the same matches a bunch of times to be like, oh, who's going to get the one-upsmanship today and get that uh, all-important momentum? So And and one, one more on this before we move to the, the, the second night of the card. Uh, if you did not watch Hiromu Takahashi and El Phantasmo, you missed probably the best junior heavyweight match I have seen in a long time, probably since last Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that, and that doesn't take anything away from any of the other junior heavyweights or cruiserweights that do it in the world. These two guys, holy crap. I did not know enough about El Phantasma before that match. And after I was done, I was like, holy shit, he is good. He is good. I, the, the, my, my favorite spot was when he walked the ropes around the whole damn ring. I'm like, I, I dare anybody. Anybody who watches wrestling to to even walk one rope, let alone all four, you could. You could do it. it. That's a balancing act, especially especially ropes that give the way those do. Yeah, Uh and and using and Takahashi being there to keep him afloat to make sure he doesn't fall off because that's a two man dance right there. That that tightrope walk. Bravo! Hats off to both of them. That out of out of all the matches. Talk about a banger for the beginning to open a show. You could, I no better show opener than that match. Easily, right? Yeah, it's a, it was a it was a perfect match. That was a perfect match to really get the show going. Um, but let, let's get into let's get into my night two. I, I don't want to dwell on that other than please, for the love of God, if you did not watch that match, go back and watch it. Um, 
so post post main event uh night two sonata comes out who defeated evil earlier in the night uh comes out and challenges kota ibushi i'm all for it man mm-hmm. I, i'm all for that match that that's hype yeah hype big time uh the, the rest of the card pretty good uh your your boy tor toriano uh successfully wins the king of pro wrestling 2021 the true ace of new japan and the king of professional wrestling in the world toriano yes yes uh good good stuff there i i was going to i was going to say let's pick another match but i felt like we spent a little too much time talking about i'll just say this okada i'll just say this very quickly uh the host match of the night shingo takagi versus jeff cobb just just if you want to see big men slapping meat <laughs> that is the match God, and what God, was very interesting wild. this is a little bit interesting I, and and this is a good point. I I, I think when people aren't really talking about is after Takagi beat Cobb, who came out to challenge him for the never open weight championship. Who later did? Do you know? I'm gonna tell you now. It was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Right. I don't know if he has ever fought for the never open weight championship ever in his career, but the idea of a never championship match with Tanahashi because the never style of of matches is Haas match. It is a strong style beat-em-up match. And what's the last time Tanahashi has had one of those quote-unquote strong style matches? Seeing him have a big beefy boy match with Tagagi, it's, oh, the idea of that happening gives me goosebumps. Especially because it's kind of like, quote-unquote, I'm not going to say it's his Tanahashi's retirement tour, but it does feel like more like the end of John Cena's career type of thing. Right. So, so let, let, let me, let me, let me put this particular match in mind for you. If, if Tanahashi defeats Takagi, you know who I want to see challenge Tanahashi next? I'm, a, I'm, I'm, my guess is going to be the Stone Pitbull. Mr. Leader of Suzuki Goon himself. Mr. Oh, yes. Okay. That would be, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Because Minoru Suzuki is a former two-time never openweight champion. Yes. So, so something to think of there. Yakuza uh, mob boss. Big, big, big exactly. Yeah. yeah. Murder and, grandma. And, and, and Major Otaku himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one piece yeah. king himself, the pirate king himself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, night two then, also had, yeah. uh, night two also had, ta- uh, Hiromu Takahashi defeat Taiji Ishimori, who defeated him for the belt. So yes. they trade belts. So they, they, they trade, uh, reigns there. Uh, good stuff. I want to see a rubber match between those two. I think it's going to be. I'm I'm all for that. All that would be probably like I'm not going to say that their match sucked, but in comparison to the All Phantasma match, not as good. Good, but I felt like that one was just as stronger the two matches. But I feel like if they had a rubber match, like they would pull out all the stops to make it. Yeah, like, and that, and that's that's main match. that's main event worthy. That's main event yeah. worthy. Yeah. So good stuff. Soccer that's Genesis, it. give it to me. There you go. You cowards, book it, <laughs> book it, you cowards. Right, right, and, and we will have. Uh, we will have Sakura Genesis here soon-ish. Hopefully, the world. Is- yeah. yeah. Um. So let's 
Let's move on from New Japan. I'm I'm stoked that I got to watch New Japan. I got to go back and watch some more while I still have New Japan World. Um, let, let's let's talk the other New Year's show. Uh, NXT, yeah, NXT's New Year's Evil, uh, hosted it, by uh, it, Dexter it, Lumis. Yes, Finn and O'Reilly too. That breaks everything again. Uh, they're both, they're both they're both they're both a mess at the end of the match. Like, just mm. I, I don't know what to say, man. It, it's such if a, you like such strong a, style, that's what this was. This was Finn and O'Reilly one and two is that moment where you can go, holy crap, WWE could do New Japan style wrestling. And that's what it felt like. It felt very New Japan. It felt very it was it was definitely the um or shit, it was what was his name? <clears throat> but like Prince it was Prince Devitt versus Kyle O'Reilly. That's what it is at this point. Seeing Finn Balor now being Prince Devitt and being in that full real rock and roll shtick is just great, and I'm glad that he moved to NXT. Some people were, like, really shitting on the idea that he was in NXT. It was a downgrade, but he would not have had the freedom to do this, to put on the matches he does, and have the clout that he has in that brand that he would on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, because he he gets a little more control. He has uh, good producers on the show, good good bookers on the show. Triple H uh, genuinely loves the guy, so... I, I'm so glad to see Balor yeah. back in NXT, and this showed me that Adam Cole doesn't have to be the leader of the Undisputed Era, and right. and, and, that, and that's good, and that's good for that's good for Adam Cole because then it says let me do something else versus being just the singles guy. Let let me let me wrestle a tag team match for a while. It, yeah. be, it's good development for Adam Cole. It's good uh, good exposure for Kyle O'Reilly, and you know it. it it's good. I, I expect O'Reilly to get a singles belt soon. I just don't know when. I would love to see O'Reilly versus Gargano for the uh, North American for, title. Well, yeah. If you if you want to use it as the character building moment for him, perfect. Because yeah. we you know we've called that the character title. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would love to see because people know O'Reilly can wrestle, but they haven't really heard him as a character. Like he hasn't talked a whole lot. Just in group promos, yeah, but as an individual, not as much. Right. And to give him that voice and to give him that platform to show his, because he has that like big E gene. He can be very goofy as a character, which is and, and a killer at the same time. And spe- which speaking, is very of, cool. speaking almost of, Kurt Angle esque, right? And speaking speaking of Big E, new song. Hell yes. Yeah, I'm very hyped for that. That's Wale, <laughs> isn't it? That's Wale. Yeah. It's good shit. Very good. Friend of the show, Wale. That's, that's actually good shit, not such good shit. Yeah, not, it's, not it's, such good shit. It's like legitimately good shit. Right. Legit banger. Uh, right. So uh, two, two other notes, because I, I just want to kind of skip over some WWE stuff quickly, because I, I want to keep this show a little short with WWE stuff, because we will talk... Just before the Royal Rumble, kind of a longer bit. Yeah, we'll dump more on that one. Right. Um, both the men's uh, and women in NXT have, have an opportunity. They have the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. The men, the men's series is already, already underway. Women's series is coming. Uh, I'm all for it because it gives you some good pairings. It gives you some good chances to see... Up and coming tag teams. You saw MS, uh, MSK, the former Rascals, debut on NXT last night. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm all I'm all for this. 
especially because you get uh, we get to see more Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. I'm all yeah, that's <laughs> talk about a pairing you never thought you'd like. That was, that was that's a good one. Uh, out of left field, that's, it makes me happy. That's the that's the term called strange bedfellows. Okay, that's what I was. Yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly. my favorite strange bedfellows tag team right now. Definitely. And, and if and if we need to find something to do with Nikki Cross, who's kind of flailing over on Raw, bring her over because you know her and Killian Dane are married. So yeah. let's bring her back into the fold in NXT and let her challenge for the women's title in NXT because I'm all for that too. I would say a great place to introduce her would be the women's tag title. Um, or the, the dusty women's tag lasser, bring her in with someone else as a strange bedfellow or something. And then she could turn heel if you want her to and turn on her partner after they lose and then send her on a singles run from there. But that would be like a storyline reason to inject her back into the fold. Right. So, something like that. Cause, cause Nikki Cross is too good to be doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, same thing like with, with Drake Maverick. He was too good to be just a GM. I'm so glad that they gave him a chance to wrestle. Yeah. He's opened everyone's eyes this this past year. If we had to give an award for most uh, most underrated, most improved for for 2020, even though 2020 was a total, total shithole of a year, I would have to place it on Drake Maverick because that dude went from I'm just a, a GM to I'm fighting for my job. Just every little bit he did, he poured his heart and soul in every single thing he did, and I yep. loved every second of it. And I am so glad to see that that guy is getting a chance to shine. Big, Period. big bucket of wind to Drake Maverick. Exactly, and and and, and his hot it, wife. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, the the impact knockout herself. Renee, Renee uh, Michelle. Renee there we go. Michelle. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so so tag team classics going on. Excited for that. I gotta, I gotta go back and watch some more stuff. I've been kind of in and out of things, so uh, definitely check that out. So to to kind of bring bring our show to what I really wanted to get into tonight is because Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay per view is Saturday, which yes. should be when which should be when the show drops. Uh, I actually went and I looked at that that match card and. So you have you have some good matches going here. Uh the the what's really gonna be the main event is um we'll get to that one because I wanna I wanna give you kind of an opportunity to talk about it. But things I'm looking forward to, uh Impact Knockout Championship, uh the former WWE superstar Diana Perrazzo, who is really come into her own this year, uh yeah. defending against uh Mrs. Uh, Mrs. John, John Morrison, Ty Valkyrie. Mrs. Slamtown. Yes. Um, then you've got uh, th- then you've got Manic defending the the Impact X Division title, which Manic aka TJP. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's defending it in triple triple threat match. Uh, that that looks good. Uh, the former Kurt Hawkins Brian Myers has a match. Uh, it, it's just overall the card looks solid. And one of the things that we found out this week is their commentary is going to change. Instead of hearing Josh, Ma- Josh Matthews, who producer Jake hates, and Madison Rain, who can't carry anything, mm-hmm. we're going to have Matt Stryker and the real deal, D'Lo Brown. You're looking at the real deal now. Ooh! Right. Going to put your sorry ass out on the street. Right. So that, as a side note, 
D'Lo Brown, when I was a kid, was maybe in my top five. Like, if I had my top five favorite wrestlers as a kid growing up, it would, D'Lo Brown was there. And doing the head shake, like, I can't do the head shake now. It would give me a concussion. But as a kid, I would bop my head all over the place. I'm going to have to ask you to I was this. hyped. hyped. Next time I see you, i got to remember to ask you to do it because I want to see you fall over. All right, fair enough. So call nine one one, but uh, yeah. So and D'Lo has always been like one of those guys that's in, been in the business, even though you haven't seen him on TV much in a long time. He's been around Impact and he's been helping with with the guys there. And now having him as a commentator with Matt Stryker, I'm not. I don't know how D'Lo's commentary could be, but it can't be any worse than fucking Josh Matthews. So I see it as a total win. Right. So let, let's get let's get to the main event, and this is going to kind of build on something that's been going for a while. Uh, and, and I I'm going to break it, and I want you to kind of explain some of it. So yeah, the the main event is going to be the Impact World Champion Rich Swan, which who'd have thought, and the Motor City Machine Guns, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Uh, Alex against Shelley, Chris Alex and Shelley and Chris Steven. Um, Alex Shelley, who did have a hot minute in NXT last year, which was cool, yeah. uh, with time, with Mr. Time Splitter Kushida himself, um, versus the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, and the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega. So, I expected a match to be a thing because Omega has been coming over to, uh, Impact, and then the Good Brothers found their way onto Dynamite here the past couple weeks. Kind of th- this relationship that's building between Impact and AEW. H- how do you feel about it? I feel like it's, I feel like it may get real long in the tooth real quick because it's Kenny not showing up on on Dynamite, and then AEW crapping on Impact all the time. It's funny because I feel like Impact is definitely getting the raw deal out of this duo because Impact is seen as the crappy brand. It's kind of like when WCW and WWE were allegedly going to have a partnership. And if you remember the inv- – not the invasion angle, but we're talking you, about talking, when – Are you talking the ECW one way back no, in the day? No, no, I'm talking about – remember, this is after the first episode – uh, or I'll say rather the last episode of Nitro, you had the first episode of WWE after the buyout of WCW, and they okay. said that they were going to have a WCW match. So they changed the lights red, and it was ah shit, it was Booker T versus Buff Bagwell, I believe, for the WCW championship. I'm I'm not. If you want to go look this up while I talk, go for it. Um, if you want to look it up at home and, and hit me up on Twitter. Let me know if I'm wrong. I'm pulling this out of my ass a little bit. However, when that match happened, commentary essentially was like, who the fuck's Buff Bagwell? What the hell is WCW doing on our pristine WWE TV? I guess at the end, at the time, it was WWF still. I don't remember that either. Yeah, but became a thing in 2002. Okay, cool. So they're like our WWF wrestling, and that's 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 the Southern WW or WCW wrestling, and the commentary is bearing everything about it. And if you rem- remember uh, Buff Bagwell's WWF run, it ended just like it started with him getting his ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin, chucked out of a door, and never seen from again. Okay, okay. So okay. So th- this was Bring July. This, back, th- this yeah. was July second, two thousand one. Uh-huh. It w- it was on Monday Night Raw. 
Mm-hmm. So it was Booker T versus Buff Bagwell for the WCW Championship, and you can actually find it on WWE's YouTube. Perfect. Go. There's some homework, kids. A little bit of history. So bringing that back around to my point. Granted, uh, granted it's not. It, it's not the full not match, be, right? Yeah, it's it's three yeah. minutes. I don't know whether or not that's the full match. Probably. Uh, it's probably the full match minus the entrances. <laughs> so. Bringing that back around, WCW feels like, or I'll say Impact feels like they're in the WCW spot for this, while AEW is in the WWE spot for this. And you have, uh, one part you have, uh, uh, crap, who is it? It's, um, Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone having these sort of infomercials or commercials hopping on during Impact that make it seem like they're on cable access. And shitting on the product. And they're they're funny. Don't get me wrong. They're funny. But if I work for Impact, I would be pissed. Because I am looking like such a jamoke. And I'm like in such a lesser brand. And I am wondering. And I'm thinking. Because these are not publicly traded companies like WWE is. And this might come out later and, and shoot to interviews, so to speak. But if you told me that AEW is paying to have Impact propped up still so that they could have them as a quote-unquote second brand, and later on they'll be put on as the second show on TNT, I would not be surprised by, by uh, any site. Because I do think that this is what it's sort of leading to, is AEW being the the father figure over Impact. This isn't a partnership. Which is ridiculous. It's, which it's is ridiculous. A takeover ship. Kenny Omega is a worldwide superstar athlete. The Good Brothers, known for very good brothering in the ring. Rich Swan, you knew him from Two Hundred Five Live, right? And the Motor City Machine Guns were a staple of TNA wrestling. Correct. In this match, there is no way in hell that the Rich, Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns are going to get a win over Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers unless there's fuckery involved. If there's fuckery involved and Impact gets a win, I'll lean back and go, okay, let me see where this is going. But right. I don't see this happening anytime soon. Kenny Omega is not losing on an Impact show. Well, it may not be him taking the pin because even if the, 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 good, the, bro- the good Brothers are the Impact Tag Team Champions right now, so... That yeah. may be where the decision goes, and Omega's like, oh, well, I got something I got to do. Sorry, boys. There is a long-term storyline brewing here. Kenny Omega's going to get that belt from Rich Swan. okay? The Good Brothers have the tag titles already, and they're and, and Kenny Omega, like I said before, this is going to be the Wrestling Unified Universe where they're, they're going to be going around collecting belts for Kenny. And this is really just I'm not, kind of I'm, the point. For the record, I'm not all for this because – Oh, I'm not it, saying I'm it, for it this. Trash. I'm not saying I'm for this. I don't think it's trash, but I do think that there's a little bit of a lack of foresight into the impact that this could have, no pun intended, but the impact this could have on every other brand. AEW, yeah, and that's my thought. It, it might be slightly hypocritical. And this is, again, part of this is fantasy booking. Part of this is me guessing how the future is going to go. This could be completely wrong, and I'm talking out of my ass. And if I'm wrong, I'll eat a goddamn ham cheese sandwich to Kenny Omega's theme song after I finish the one for my Wiwitani's theme song. Now, on live stream for charity. So, 
when you look ahead and you think to yourself, is AEW really just going to be in a position that the WWE was back when WCW was a thing? Are they going to just kind of push their money and their clout around and go, hey, we're the quote-unquote big indie, and we can just pull shit and come in and stomp on your guys' stuff to look good because we're going to tell you we're going to give you exposure. But really, they're just going to leave them exposed. <laughs> and AEW is just going to look good in the process overall because the AEW marks and AEW fans are going to love anything they do no matter what. But the other fans of, say, Impact, the three that are left, are going to be kind of mad. Or you look over at Ring of Honor. What's where's their stake going to be in it? Or how much farther are they going to be afloat? And then you look at the other possible connections that they're going to have with New Japan Pro Wrestling that there were allusions to already in the post match interviews after Wrestle Kingdom and things being said with Ibushi now having the belt at the same time as Omega and both Omega and Ibushi making references to one another. Which of course they're the bestest of of friends in real life. I don't know what their relationship is currently, but professionally, they're now kind of staring each other down in a sort of Mexican standoff with these belts. Is it going to come to this? Is this going to be the pinnacle of an amazing, multi-generational, multi-promotional storyline that leads to this? I don't know. Maybe. But to get there, you're going to have to break a lot of eggs in the process and get people to go with you on a journey that has to be very, very well crafted with a good payoff. And looking at, say, the Marvel movies and how they've done them, and you then go over to, like, the DC universe and how they try to do them. We can't, we it can't talk about easily. the DC universe. That's a train wreck. But I'm saying that's – but you can try to emulate it, and it could fall apart easily if someone at the helm isn't knowing what the fuck they're doing. And currently, I don't know if AEW – knows what the fuck they're doing with this, but I am still curious and entertained and, and curious to see where this is going. I'm still holding judgment for the current time, but I'm pensive and, and, and very much considering that this might be the start of a bad idea if it goes on too long in the tooth, like you said, or fucks over some people in the process, kind of like when Okada went to Impact and fucked up their relationship by shitting all over Okada, um, they could easily turn some sour grapes into people by fucking with their product, too. Right. But I don't know. Just talking out of my ass. Right. I I feel like it it short-sells impact because they had tried to do so much, and then they threw a wrench in their works with Tessa Blanchard and that whole thing last year being the Impact World Champion. Uh, because it, it ended very poorly and they're picking up the pieces from it. Uh, it, there's just a lot that it feels like Impact is trying to do things and they're not doing any particular thing well. Yeah. And AEW doesn't have any room to talk on that because their women's division is still not great. But AEW, much to their, much to their credit, which I will give them, uh, they have done a lot in just a year and a half's time. So, the fact that AEW looks to be the better brand of the two says a lot about what they want to do. I, I feel as though, I feel as though that some of these things need to burn in a little more versus, yeah. oh, let's do all this stuff now. It's just, get, give it a chance to breathe. Do, do, take the New Japan route, let it, let it breathe a little bit. Don't go WWE route and beat it to death mm-hmm. because people get tired of that and I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired of, Captain Mark always get in their way. So there you now, go. Now I will say this. The it feels like this. Now tell me if I'm wrong. 
watching AEW, it almost feels like Kenny Omega is not the main number one storyline currently because no, of his not. lack of time. And that's the and, only and, thing I think that's benefiting the storyline is that it's a lack of overexposure. If they wanted to try to pull every week to make sure Kenny's the last guy talking and not really fighting, um, he did have the match, which, side note, that match with fucking Ray Phoenix, good lord. Good Lord, Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix. That ain't that ain't the first time they've matched up either because they fought it, for the it mega sure title. Hell, won't be the last. And they, mm, 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 mm. so he can still go have these banger matches, make his opponent look good. The in ring material is all there. We never have to worry about that, at least. Which for some promotions, if you look, I'm, I'm sorry, Impact. I watched your show a few times. The in ring work is a little eh, at times. AEW does not have that problem. WWE certainly doesn't have that problem. New Japan does not have that problem. So with AEW, like you said, it's letting things breathe and at least being able to. If you go back to the beginning of AEW, who were the main it, people? It was Cody, the Young Bucks, it, it, it and Kenny Omega. It was the quote unquote elite, which they've the all kind of gone their separate ways now, except for. Omega and the Bucks. And now good. it's Darby Allen, uh, uh, John Moxley. You're looking at, uh, shit, Hikaru Shida. You're looking right. at all these different talents that were not those guys that they've, some of them built. Sammy Guevara, a guy that came out of obscurity to become a very top player. Now that they're able to lessen their, uh, footprint on the show, uh, it, it helps because it doesn't feel like a lot of people are overexposed yet. Even though we're only a couple of years in this project to see where this goes, the overexposure that we were assuming was going to happen and putting the top guys in the top belts and just making this a, like a jacking off contest between all of them has not become that one bit. So hopefully, hopefully this has that same level of force it, that, and that had there. It, right, right. And that's kind of how I feel. I, they have They have the blueprints to do things. A certain way, and I hope they go that way because I hope I hope that whatever they're planning turns out well because they, they're they're giving an alternative. I'm not going to say they're going to compete with with a juggernaut that's still WWE, even though WWE's ratings are still down too. But they're giving people a good alternative as long as they don't as long as they don't mark for themselves heavily that they have been doing, mm-hmm. uh, which which has gone down a little bit, by the way. Uh, and, and I'll continue to give them credit because they are growing, they are maturing. Uh, as long as they're not continuing to be marks for themselves, the, the company will grow and things will get good. Yeah. And, and things will improve and things will get better. And we'll see a lot of the things that we had hoped to see in this last year that didn't happen for one reason or another. So, um, it is what it is. And, and like I said, I'm hoping that this crossover with Impact isn't just it isn't just a talent raid like it was with NWA because that's exactly what happened with the NWA is all their freaking talent got raided and that's yeah. the end of it. Like I, I understand it. Billy Corgan was between a rock and a hard place. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but holy crap, I want to see the NWA come back too. Uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. So, yeah. so Matt, it, it's that time of the show. I want you to give us grades this week. Uh, and you you already explained this to me because I see the notes in front of me. Go ahead and get into your your, your spiel about this, and I'm going to sit here and try to not laugh hysterically while you're talking. <laughs> so I'm going to give you five names. I'm going to give you they're, – they're ranked from A, B, uh, all the way to F. 
Uh, and I want you at home listening to me. I'm going to say the names, and you're going to give me a second to think. What are these, the power rankings for? What are the final grades? And A, to Mustafa Ali, put respect on the name. A. Yeah, because if you say a Mustafa, he'll to, kick you. Yeah, I don't want him to kick me. Um, so an A rating, top, top marks to Mustafa Ali. B goes to Mace, the like former Dio Madden. Uh, C goes to Slapjack. Shane Thorne. A D goes to Reckoning, me and him. And F to T Bar, aka Dominic Dijakovic. I would which, put in like producer which, Jake, put in a little thinking music right here. Right there. Yeah. May, so, maybe he will. We'll see. Maybe he will. Maybe not. Or maybe we'll just be silence. I'll look like a jackass. So if you at home guessed that this is my power rankings of top best to worst of the Retribution Twitter game, you are right. So, as I go and look at the list, I follow all of these guys on Twitter. I'm a Twitter monster, as you know. Uh, the A ranking, Mustafa Ali obviously talked to Randy Orton at one point, and he said, yo, you just got to kill people on Twitter. <laughs> And Mustafa has gone and found the haters, gone oh, deep into their profile, oh, my and pulled out embarrassing shit. <laughs> and I think what it is, the top comment is, this morning, Mustafa chose violence, and that's what it was. He has been murdering dudes on Twitter ever it's been since. the highlight of my day. Yeah, just I, a, I just in a murk. So uh, good. Uh, Mustafa Ali is, is the talent that has to be protected at all costs uh, because that dude, that dude's fire right now, like yeah. big time. Uh, he 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 is the reason why I go on the Twitter machine right now just to watch him rip people to shreds. So don't be a dick to him on Twitter because you'll get everything you deserve. Yeah, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win. Mustafa's gonna come and he's gonna come and get you, and it's over. That's it. Don't even no cap. It's done. Yep. Um. My second place, the B rating, goes to Mace. Uh, if you knew him as the Great Black Otaku on Idiot. Twitter, yes, old do I also Maddie, follow? I love his Twitter game. It was very hard for me to pick between Mustafa and, and Mace, and I'm only giving it to Mustafa because he's giving like the real shit. Like it's in character, in right. universe, it's kayfabe, but at the same time, not because that's really him. Like that's a deal alum also being pissed. Like, I hate to be the market using some government names, but that seems to be, like, where you're blurring the lines of real, like, kayfabe and reality at that point, where right. the real guy behind Mustafa Ali is also pissed at these marks. So I went over to Mace. I said, Mace, I fucking – Understandably. So I love Mace's Twitter account. It is full of weeb shit. It is full of, like, weird random hentai quotes. It has – obscure, very obscure anime and manga references, lots of JoJo stuff. Obviously, his name's Dio for a reason. Um, and mixing in wrestlers and wrestling storylines that fit into anime memes perfectly. It's kind of like how you have a Simpson meme for everything. This dude's got an anime meme for everything when it comes to wrestling. And, and, and speaking of, honorable mention to Simpsons wrestling memes on the Facebook and the Twitter machine. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, get, give them a follow because they're fun. I love them. I love them. And it's funny how, how well, like, there's a Simpsons, I mean, for literally everything in wrestling. Yeah. Shout out to Matthew from Botcha Media. He always comes with the hot, fiery, spicy takes when it comes to wrestling and uh, Simpsons memes, uh, especially with his little endings to Botcha Mania. Um, the C rating, I gave it a slapjack, and it's a very simple thing. Shane Thorne, I don't think he really talks ever on 
Twitter. He's just non-existent. And if he does, I'd never see it populate. Um, maybe just retweets other people's stuff and maybe just like promotions for WWE. I'm giving him a C because he has not done anything stupid or, or, or belligerent <laughs> to make me think, oh man, fuck that guy. But he also hasn't done anything funny and hilarious to make me think, oh yeah, fuck that guy. So, <laughs> Slapjack gets the C for just being just not there. He's a Slapjack. So, Good for him, for existing, C for existing. So now I'm going to start going to the other side here. We're in the Ds. Now, Ds are technically passing grades in some places, but for Mia Yim, it is not so good. She, I, It's funny because I'm, I can actually separate Reckoning from Mia Yim. Mia Yim on social media used to be very delightful. <laughs> she's also a huge weeb and a huge nerd. She lives in and, that and house. She, and, and she and she's she's local peeps. She's local I mean, peeps. Yeah, she's uh, shout out to Alabama. Yeah, so she also is in that house with Shayna Baszler and Jessica Duke, and they play video games together. They have that bulldog Prince Stannis, who's fucking adorable. Um, Her boyfriend is Keith Lee, and they have shenanigans together, and it's just a great couple. I'm so happy for them, and I'm happy for Mia Yim as a person. She's been through a lot of shit in her life that she's overcome to get to this point. Right, and her one of her best friends in the world is Shelton Benjamin. Good, Love good guy, Shelton. Benjamin. Yep, good guy, good guy, Shelton. And hey, reckoning raw though, tag team champion Shelton Benjamin. I know, yeah, oh well, yeah, we gotta put respect on him. We'll talk about that next week though. But uh, reckoning though <laughs> is taking offense to a lot of the memes and shit talk that has been done at her expense. And again, like Mustafa, I don't blame her. At all. But she doesn't come with the spicy takes and goes for the kill. She's more like, yeah, yeah, well, whatever, fuck you. And kind of like sad and butthurt about it and whiny. It doesn't come across as like, like you can take chicken shit and turn it into chicken salad like Mustafa did. But Reckoning's Twitter game is not that. Um, I think she should just stick to ignoring the haters back like how she did and just posting anime video games and having fun on uh, BRE Start, the other, the new offshoot of Up, Up, Down, Down, having fun with video games. Because that's the one we like. I don't like this Reckoning character too much. But now, (laughs) the main event, T-Bar, old T-Bar, Dominic Dijakovic. I I had fun with this one. Uh, You're going to get into the Sam Guevara thing. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's great, a great shit talking. So both sides, both sides, both sides. So Sammy Guevara, he has a finishing move that is a go to sleep, but it's like a burning hammer go to sleep mix. It's like if Misawa decided to really kill a person, that's what this burning hammer would have been. And so he's been doing that finisher for some time, and he has he has stolen it from other greats before his time, because wrestling isn't something where everyone's unique. All the moves are always taken or cribbed from somebody else in the past, and there's an homage to I, I the will, greats in wrestling in all moves. Including the Canadian Destroyer. Thank you, Petey there's, Williams. Thank you, Petey I'm, Williams. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that your, your move of doom is now a transition move. Yeah. But, holy crap. But, again, the DDT, same thing. The DDT used to kill people, and now it's just a setup for a sleep spot. Now, T-Bar also has a move very similar called the Feast Your Eyes, and it's a great move. And I don't know whose hair got up his ass that day where he goes, you know what? 
Fuck Sammy Guevara. He stole my move. <laughs> he stole my move. And and where, 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 where did you trademark that move, buddy? Because Dominic <laughs> is not like someone who's been a legend in the sport. He hasn't been around that many years. He is a young guy from NXT that was built up and put into this faction. But <laughs> Sammy Guevara could have taken the high road. And said, that's okay, I'm going to ignore this guy from this other promotion that we're beating in the ratings. Or, or, <laughs> Sammy also chose violence. So he found T-Bars on Twitter, and he's like, yeah, buddy, um, we've all stolen stuff. You stole that as well. You did not make it. And you're lucky you're even booked on TV for a match these days, let alone pulling off your finishers. Okay, buddy? <laughs> and... Everyone just was like, and that's where you hit the damn, like, oh, damn, he got roasted. The T-Bar had nothing to say afterward. He already knew he fucked up. I don't know what he thought he was going to get out of any clout going after Sammy Guevara, where I don't know if he thought that was the easy target, but the piece de resistance of the tweet was that Sammy not only was able to shit on T-Bar, defend himself aptly, but then plug his own video. <laughs> He's like, oh, by the way, also watch my blog, and and where he did a shout-out to Gerard the Completionist, friend of the show Gerard the Completionist, but seeing, seeing T-Bar's Twitter game, to this point, hasn't been great. I almost would have said it's at reckoning or almost slapjack level. But with one tweet, <laughs> one errant tweet, you have gone from meh to total shit show dumpster fire in a hot minute, and now he is the biggest laughing stock of retribution. And or is that go. what he wanted? You have to think of it that way. It, what is that what, what he was wanted? there to gain? What is there to gain? I don't know. I don't know. See, that's the problem. That, right, I think right. people just say, oh, I just want heat. I want heat and clout, and I want to right, have remember, people. There's a I'm there, remember, them. there's a difference between, there, there's a difference between, uh, you know, like Triple H peak evolution heat and X-Pac go away heat. Yeah. So there's, there, there's, like, a, there's, there's a line you got to walk there. And that heat was X-Pac. That's X-Pac level heat that he got for that tweet. There is, there's a work. There's a shoot. There's working yourself into a shoot. There's shooting yourself into work. And what he did is he worked himself into a shoot that he tried to call a work that everyone else said, no, 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 we shooting. And, and that's it. And he can't go back from that because – and this is the sad part. And someone's like, yo, Dominic Dijakovic, you, you are not shit in this business. You are not that big of a guy. You're just a dude from NXT who is propped up by Keith Lee. And you're lucky. You're lucky to be in the spot that you're in. Be grateful for what you got. It might be gone tomorrow. All right. Thank I, you. Fuck you. Bye. Yeah, I, I I will disagree on that last part that he he's quote ain't shit without Keith Lee. Keith Lee and him had had several very 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 good matches, and he had that same level of consistency across everything he did. Just him and Keith Lee put on another level. So that that's the that's the that's the end of my defending him. His ring work speaks for itself. As far as the stupid Twitter things, I ignore Twitter most of the time. So there you go. So there you go. Those are my those are my rankings. The top five, or I I'll say the best to worst of Retribution's uh, Twitter game. Right. And I think that's uh, I think that's a good spot for us to end it, man. We'll be back yeah. in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk uh, Royal Rumble, kind of our predictions, 
uh, going into Rumble, talk some more WWE stuff. Uh, if anything really big of note happens with Impact or AEW, we'll talk about those. Any New Japan little news and notes, we'll throw those in there too. And uh, go from there. Sounds so, good you good? I think we Gucci. All I right. think we set our piece. All right. Until next time, uh, wear your masks, wash your hands, be nice to each other, especially that one, because people are dumb all the time. Just, oh, yeah. just, be, kind, just be kind to one another. Just, just a little it's bit. Hard, it's hard. It's hard, and everyone's irritated about everything. Just mm-hmm. just go out of your way. Be, be a little nice. Even if you have to fake it, just be nice to one another. And until next time, y'all take it easy. And, and Hikarashita, please, please, please just wash your hands because I don't know where Abaddon has been. I love you. Bye. Exactly. You've been listening to The 685, an Elder Millennials podcast. Find this podcast on Twitter at The 685 Pod. Please follow this podcast by subscribing to the Elder Millennials on your podcast service of choice. You can also find this podcast on Anchor.fm. You can also find us online via Twitter and Instagram at Elder Mill Pod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Elder Mill Pod. On behalf of all of us here at the Elder Millennials, we'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll catch you soon. Goodbye, everyone. I have pudding in the fridge. Oh, shit. Go get your pudding. Hell yes.